0: Thank you for listening to the Alliance Church Podcast. We desire to connect you with God and one another, whether here in Wisconsin or around the world. Let's listen into this week's message.. Well, good morning, Church. My name's Brandon. I'm the lead pastor out here at Alliance Church, Hortonville. I'm glad you're here, especially if you're, if you're new, maybe checking this place out for the first time. I know that going to a church, a new church, but, you know, uh, for the first time, especially by yourself, is kind of like the grown-up version of transferring schools in the middle of the year. You can't help but walk in and feel like everyone else knows each other, uh, and I, but I don't, and um, I know that it, this is a room full of people that for the most part really like each other, and that is, that's awesome. But I also know that there is nothing more alienating than a room full of people who know each other when you feel like the only one that doesn't know anyone but here's the deal you keep coming back, you keep get, getting connected and um, I, I think I think with time you'll feel more and more like you own own this this room and you, you belong here and uh, that's my that's my genuine prayer so uh, my question this morning though is, are you focused on what matters the most? We all have a tendency right if you're if you're a human, I assume we're all humans, we all have the tendency to lose sight of what matters most, don't we? Like, uh, think about the, you know, Aesop fable, a uh, tortoise and the hare. I don't know about you, if you, you remember that fable even, but I don't know about you, but I at least identify a lot more with the hare than the tortoise, and I'll tell you why. Right, the hare, you remember, he, he had some good sprints, Uh, But he also got distracted pretty easily and he liked to take naps and I I identify with that just kind of resonate with that The problem is in the long run. It's just not a very good approach to to winning races when we lose sight of what matters most what happens we also lose intensity right we become complacent and complacency never gets us where we want to go think about this in every single area of life If you want to hit a goal, you got to keep it in front of you, Like in your, like at work, you might set a professional goal and that's a good thing to do. We should set goals. But if you put it in the drawer and uh, some other clutter gets stacked upon it and what's going to happen? 18 months later, you're going to dig that thing out like an archeologist and dust it off and go, well, that was a good goal really wish I would have hit it that would that would have been a game changer right we don't we don't hit goals on accident um, it takes it takes focus it takes intensity for the long haul and if you've ever hit a big goal in your life you'll know you know, like if you've ever let's like say you paid off that debt or you got that degree or you you worked through that marital issue or whatever that you built that house I don't know whatever the thing you had a big crazy goal and you hit it you know you had to, it took sticking to it. It took stick-to-itiveness, right? You had to focus on what really matters. So my question again, are you focused on what really matters? Or are you, are you, have, you, have, you, have you drifted maybe? Have you become distracted? Um, I want you to imagine you guys remember the movie Aladdin, right? You get three wishes. I got a great memory. Circa 1993, the movie Aladdin had come out on VHS, uh, those of you Gen Z, go home and you can look that up on YouTube or something and figure out what it is. We had my mom had bought the, bought the Aladdin VHS, and uh, she was, I had a friend over, and she was making tacos, these little tacos. And uh, I, I probably ate like 35 tacos that night. And we were just laughing, watching the movie, and right, because Robin Williams was just hilarious. He was brilliant. But you guys remember, right? You, you know how it goes. You rub the lamp. Genie pops out and you get three wishes. I want you to imagine yourself in a similar situation, uh, but instead of a genie, you got Jesus in front of you, and instead of three wishes, he says, I want you to set three goals. First one, one that concerns your relationship with God, one that concerns your relationship with those you're closest to, so maybe if you're married, your spouse, or you got kids, your kids. If you're, if you're single, maybe this is your closest friends or dearest family, things like this. But the, the second goal, who, those who are closest to you. And then the third goal, goal has something to do with what you do out in the world. Like when you go out into the world, like the why God put you on this planet type stuff. I want you to set three goals, and here's the deal, you've got an undetermined amount of time to, to accomplish those goals. Then, because you're human, You'll either kick the bucket or, Jesus says, I'll come back and get you. Either way, at a certain point, time's up. What are your, uh, what are your three goals? What are, the, what, are the, what are the things that make the the, the top of the most important list? Now, we have a, a limited time on this earth, and it matters what we do here. It matters how we spend our time here, and none of us knows how long we got. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. And here's the deal. How much time you have doesn't even matter anyways. That's not the point. The point is how do you use the time you do have? Does that make sense? Like it would be better to faithfully serve God for one year than to spend a thousand years wasting wasting them on all the stuff that doesn't actually matter. Uh, In the passage of scripture that we're gonna examine today, Jesus commands his followers, I'll say it this way, to stay ruthlessly focused on the stuff that matters most. Here it is, Luke chapter 12, verse uh, 35 through 38. I'm gonna read this, and then what I want us to do is pray, all of us pray together. You pray, when I pray, pray quietly in your heart, and, and let's ask God to just help us get this text in a way that actually will change it, changes the way we use our, our Wednesdays, okay? And then I wanna walk through it, uh, look at each verse a little more closely, and my simple goal is this that you you leave here this morning with a renewed commitment to pursue the things that matter most in life. So here it is. Luke 12 starting at 35. Jesus says, "Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast." So that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants." The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. So would you pray with me now, church? Now Jesus, we've just read these words that you spoke so many years ago, and we see in them that you you command your followers to stay focused on what matters most, to stay diligent in our service, to be about what you are about. And we see that you promise that there is blessing found in faithfully serving you. And that that blessing is nothing less than fellowship with you yourself. What a glorious, glorious passage. Now, would you help us understand it right? And and more than that, would you help us like get it? Like actually get it, Lord. So it changes the way we, we go about life, Lord. We wanna be a church. This stays awake. We want to be a church that stays faithful to you. So help us do that now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This passage is part of a series of very intense teachings. Right? In this portion of Luke's gospel, Jesus is a man on a mission. Luke uh, records in, in uh, chapter 9, verse 51, which is where this section sort of begins. He says, when the days drew near for him, that's Jesus, to be taken up, that refers to his ascension into heaven, but it winks at his cross, burial, and resurrection through which he would have to pass in order to ascend. Does that make sense? Uh, so, so this is uh, the culmination of Jesus's time on earth is, is approaching. Like he's about to execute his mission. The whole reason he came, it's its all about to go down. And Luke says, and he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He's laser focused and ruthlessly committed to go to Jerusalem. What, what happens in Jerusalem? Well, that's where the cross was. Jesus is committed, focused to live out the plan God gave him, the purpose God gave him. And so no surprise that his teaching starts to reflect uh, that reality. He starts to talk a lot about what matters most in life in various ways. And then he talks about his return, the fact that he's coming back, the second coming. Those two, those two uh, details are not disconnected. What matters most in life and, and the second coming of Christ. They're, never, they're not disconnected. The, the former incentivizes the latter. Jesus is coming back and that is always a blessed motivation for those of us who call him Lord to keep our foot on the gas pedal of being about what he's about. And there's so much in this, in this whole section and in this paragraph even But I I want us to get three things really clear. First, I want us to hear the command that Jesus gives. Second, I want us to uh, hear the promise of blessing that Jesus gives. And then third, I want us to hear the definition of blessing that Jesus gives. The first one, here's the command. Jesus commands his followers to stay focused and committed. Verse 35, he says, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. What on earth does that mean? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's no surprise to you that uh, the men of the day did not wear jeans and flannel shirts, nor did they have flashlights, uh, but long robes that would be folded up and tucked into their belts f- to allow freedom of movement so that they could work or travel or serve in a home, or even fight if they needed to, right? It is so. Stay dressed for action here. Literally, in the Greek, it doesn't say "stay dressed for action." Here's what it says: Keep your loins girded. <laughs> so we gotta, we 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 are people that take the Bible seriously. Do y'all girt your loins this morning? Or <laughs> you It doesn't have uh, quite the same ring to it, does it? you imagine the foreman on a construction site? All right, gentlemen, we got some work to do today. I want want to see them loins girded, all right? No, here's what it is. The modern equivalent would be to roll up your sleeves. It's dress uh, for action, meaning dress in a way that says you're prepared for the work that's coming. You're, you're, You're dressed for work. You're prepared to get after it. The opposite would be slipping into your pajamas, shutting off the light, and assuming the day's over and there's no more work to do. If you're alive, the day's not over yet. If you got breath in your lungs, there's still work to do. Jesus says, no, 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 don't, don't slip into your pajamas and, and call it a night. There's still work to do. I want you to be like, verse 36, men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Jesus says, here's the deal, I want you to be like faithful servants who instead of kicking off their shoes and turning in for the night, are diligently anticipating, that word waiting, The men who are waiting, that means diligently anticipating uh, the, the return of, of their master. He's off at a wedding celebration Depending on how far it was, this could take days, even weeks. Uh, he might be gone. They don't know when he's going to come home, but they do know this: that he, at, at some point, he's coming home. That there is a moment because he said he's going to come home. So this is—they don't know when he's coming home, but they know that there will be a point when they hear. And that moment, when they hear that knock on the door, will either be a moment of dread or of joy? What would make the difference? Well, have they stayed focused? Have they stayed committed to what the master has said matters most, right? If they've slacked off and you know, kicked off their shoes and helped themselves to their master's microwavable burritos and left dishes all over the coffee table like a bunch of teenagers and now they're just falling asleep, when the uh, master comes home, when they hear that knock on the door, that's going to be a dreadful moment for them. But think about it, if they've stayed on task, it's going to be a totally different story, isn't it? The master comes home, and they got the to-do list right there, and they're going, look, we're so glad you're back. Check this out. We got this one done. We got that one done. This one, if you would have stayed gone like two more days, we would have We would have had that one done. We were so close. We were working hard on that one too. But we're so glad you're back. It's so, we've been waiting. This whole time you've been gone, we've been so excited for the day you come home. It's a different story. So Jesus commands anyone who follows, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this doesn't apply to you. But if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, he commands that we be faithful servants. It means focused and committed on the stuff that matters most. The second thing I want you to see is that Jesus promises that blessing is found in staying focused and committed. What do I mean by that? Verse 37, look, here's what Jesus says. Blessed, this is a word that refers to true human flourishing. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. So they're not sleeping on the job They're not kicking their feet up, They're staying on task. They're staying diligent. And Jesus says, those people, they're blessed. Those people are an example of true God-centered human flourishing. Like those type of people that are tapping into the purpose, the reason God put them on this planet and sticking with it, those people are blessed. Verse 38, he says, if he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, Blessed are those servants, finds them awake. I uh, always notice if someone falls asleep, there's not much that'll distract me in a sermon, but if someone falls asleep, it makes me smile. And I can't even get mad at you, because I'd sleep through half of my sermons too, but <laughs> I remember this old, this old guy, Joe, uh, in a church I pastored, his wife would give him one in the ribs like that every once in a while. He'd be back like this. He, was, he grew up Presbyterian. He couldn't help it, right? And He'd give him one in the ribs and wake up. We don't want to be asleep when, when, when we hear the knock on the door, when Jesus comes back. If he comes in the second watch, what is that? Nine to midnight. Or even in the third, when is that? Midnight to 3 a.m. This is, he's talking about the time when people are most likely to let down their guard. This is when most people would kind of throw in the towel. When most people get complacent. When most people uh, are saying, you know, listen, that master ain't coming back. Why well, you, well, you got them loins girded? Come on, ungirt your loin. Let those loins down. I don't know how they use that. But you know what I'm saying? Why are you still dressed for action? Why are you still filling that lamp up with oil? Why are you dressed like that? Why are you still serving? Why are you still studying the Bible? Why are you still going to church to worship? And why are you praying? Why are you praying for your kids? Why are you believing the gospel? Why are you forgiving your enemies? Why are you still being generous with people that are never gonna pay you back? It's the middle of the night. The master's been gone a long time. Snooze, eat, drink, be merry, relax, quit wasting your time with his to-do list. But Jesus promises that there is blessing in people who are resolved to stay ruthlessly committed to the stuff that matters most. Now the question is, what is that blessing? There's blessing found in faithful service. What What is the blessing? Here Jesus defines it. In verse 37, he says, Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service. Think about this. This is the blessing. He, that's the master, he comes home and he finds these servants awake and diligent and faithfully serving. What is he gonna do? He will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. The third thing I want you to see is that the definition of that blessing that Jesus promises is hospitality and table fellowship of the master. You, you get this? That's the blessing. That the master himself would say, well done, good and faithful servants. Enter into the joy of your master. Have a seat at my table and, and let me then serve you and i want us to pause and would you dwell on that concept just for a moment you think about the implications of this what kind of god is there that exists that would then change places with his subjects what kind of king see this is this is the point when the par, uh, the parable that jesus is saying deviates from reality it is no longer paralleling uh, what, what is normal and common in, in, in everyday life and takes a takes a turn and becomes extraordinary. No master does this. The blessing of faithful service. I mean, think about this. The master comes home. What's the blessing? It's not, it's not a bump in pay. It's not an attaboy. It's not a nice office. It's not an extended vacation. It's not three wishes. It's not uh, whatever you could dream up in your wildest dreams. It's not even uh, everything you ever wanted in life, but it's the one thing, the only thing that you were ever ultimately made for in life. That is fellowship, intimate communion with the God, get this, who engineered the human soul. The God whose artwork is the human frame. Can you fathom this? The king whose very power can speak galaxies into existence, the king who above all else is worthy of being served would come to his people and serve them. (laughs) What a reward. That is blessing. And I love, just as a side note, I love that Jesus never commands that which he is unwilling to do. Why faithfully serve Jesus? Because he led the way in this, in faithfully serving us. He, we see this, All this is who Jesus is. We see it during his time on earth. You read over and over in the Gospels all the times he was moved with compassion. And he, and he would heal and feed and minister we see this in the upper room you remember when he would take the uh, form uh, the, the the posture of a servant and do the work of a servant and he would wash all his disciples feet we see this most clearly when as jesus said the son of man came not to be served but what but to serve How did he serve? Giving his life, dying on the cross. Why? As a ransom for many. That word ransom means the price paid to purchase a servant out of indentured servitude, to buy a slave out of slavery. That's why Jesus died. He served to free us from service, so why should we serve Him? Because He has served us ultimately. And you know what heaven is? It's not the best thing you can imagine. Heaven is fellowship with God. You remember um, the story in the Old Testament of of David inviting Mephibosheth to his table, and get he gave him a spot to eat at, at, at the king's table. That's a little glimpse of heaven. Heaven is being invited to the master's table, to the king's table. So why, why, why give your life to faithfully serving Jesus? Because he led the way in this by faithfully serving us. And the blessing that is found in serving him is that he makes his servants honored guests at his table in the presence of his fellowship, and he serves them. That is that is uh, that is the most glorious blessing I could even imagine. And so my question is, again, are you focused on what really matters? Like imagine if you were to make a list, you take a little time, make a list, titled, Stuff That Matters Most, and you just start writing down, is all the stuff you can think of, everything that matters the most, Um, you try to get as much on there as possible. And then you you pause and you look at that list and say, okay, my time on earth is limited. Either my heart's gonna stop beating or Jesus is gonna come back. Either way, I'm gonna stand before him. And I know that how I've used my time on this planet matters. So what am I gonna do? Am I focused? We're in the third watch. You understand that we're at the time when most people have been lulled into complacency we're at the time now where most people see no reason to gird their loins <laughs> we're at that time no one sees the reason why be dressed for action why, why faithfully serve jesus while we're at a time where most people see no Point in continuing to stay faithful to Jesus and to serve him as we await his return. Most people are saying, listen, Jesus, he said he's gonna come back in a long time. You know, people have been saying Jesus is gonna come back for a long time. You don't wanna be most people, do you? Like I just assume that if you're in this room right now, you came here for a reason. You know God put you on this planet for a reason, don't you? You know there's some bigger picture things that you're supposed to be about, some father's business that you're supposed to be about. I remember I was, uh, I was about 18 or 19, about 19, I was a new sailor on my ship. We were out in the middle of the Gulf and I stand standing watch on a, on a gun mount and um, it was probably 120 degrees outside and after hours of being on this thing in the heat of the day, I was just drenched in sweat, and I was exhausted, and uh, to get a little reprieve, I removed my helmet, everything was so sweaty, and I was like, I got to get this helmet off so I can cool off a little bit, and I felt pretty good, and and, uh, no one said anything, and no one said, hey, get that helmet back on, sailor, no, I got away with it for a while, and so at a certain point, I said, "That ah, feels pretty good. I got this flak jacket on, right? This big bulletproof deal. I'm get that, take that off. I get some air. Oh, it feels good flowing under there, you know." And then, my at a certain point, I get a, I got away with it. And then, pretty soon, I I look at my boots and my my inside my boots are just like two sets of Everglade swamps. I mean, just like. 100 degrees, 100% humidity, and I was just like I can't take this anymore. My feet are so uncomfortable. I remember I took my, I kicked my boots off, and I kind of did one of these where kind of rolled them up a little bit, get a little air in the socks there, and I'm standing behind this gun mount, and my captain walks up, and he sees me not dressed for action. I was not one of those servants whom the master found awake and he he just kind of shook his head turned around and walked off and i knew i knew that was enough he he said everything i needed to hear that that was unacceptable boy i put those boots back on put that flak jacket back up put that helmet back on and i never again you know just shirked my responsibility as a watchstander while I was in the navy you know he could have Hey, you could have taken me to the uh, captain's mast, you know, the version of the court there. I could have gotten in serious trouble. But I learned a lesson. I wasn't focused. I'd become complacent. I was not dressed for action. I want you to take that list of stuff that matters most. Try to, try to just pick the top three. Like one... One thing, and maybe kind of turn them into goals, one thing that has to do with your relationship with God, one thing that has to do with your relationship with those who are closest to you, and one that has to do with what you do when you go out into the world. The why God put you on this planet type stuff. You only got one life. How you you use it matters. And my challenge to you is to set a goal in each of these areas. Like in a goal that would make sense, for whether you live for eight more days or eight more decades because none of us know, just set a goal in each of these areas and then ask okay what's 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 getting in my way here what 's distracting me here how am i how am I drifting uh, from 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 being focused what does it look like for me to get focused and committed again? Would you do that church? I believe if we all do that and we all constantly bring ourselves back to being uh, ruthlessly focused on what matters most that when we hear the knock on the door and the master's home we will be those servants whom he has found awake would you stand now if you are able and hear this benediction Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. May God richly bless you, church. We'll see you next Sunday.